We're in a series called Origins, and it's about the book of Genesis. Okay, so chapter 1, we talked about creation and how at the end of it, the, the theme is rest and how it points to Jesus, and Jesus finds himself uh, calling us to rest, right? Uh, he says, come to me, all who are weary, and I'll give you rest, right? And then chapter 2 uh, kind of talks about the creation story as well. Chapter 3 is the fall. And we learned last week that the, the desire, get that kid out of here. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> get him saved. Get him to the deliverance room. Uh, I'm just kidding. None of you know what that is. Um, chapter 3, the fall, what we learned about that is that actually the desire within Adam and Eve wasn't a bad one. They wanted to be like God, and so do I. But when they pursued it out of disobedience, it became sin. When we pursue uh, those things in obedience, uh, it becomes righteous and holy, okay? And so now we're in chapter 4. Everybody say chapter 4. So pull out your Bibles if you have them. Um, if you have it on your phone, if you have it, if you have the Word of God. I got my big Bible. I've been preaching out of this. I just feel like it's a, it pre- makes me preach a little bit better. I don't know. It's goat skin leather. I don't know. Okay, so anyways. Did I say that out loud? I'm sorry. Um, so we're in chapter 4. This is the story of Cain and Abel. I'm going to try and get through this as quick as I can, but without shaving off anything important, Okay. So I'll paraphrase some of it. I'll read some of it. Adam and Eve have a son. His name is Cain, right? And Eve is so excited. She she thanks the Lord for blessing her with a son. And then they have another son named Abel. So this is Cain and Abel. Abel was a keeper of the flocks, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. So, verse 3 in chapter 4. So it came about in the course of time that Cain brought an offering to the Lord of fruit of the ground. Abel, on his part, also brought the firstlings of his flock and their fat portions. The fat portions. Listen, last night I cooked steak for Danielle and I. And she took one bite and she said, Brett. I said, what? I was worried. I thought I bombed. She goes, this is the best steak I've ever had in my life. And I said, you know what? It wasn't me. i got to be honest. When I was at the store, I saw how marbly this thing was. If you, if you know anything about steaks, when it's marbly, when it looks like marble, it means there's a lot of fat in there. It means it's going to be really good. So here's the thing. Abel didn't just bring the firstborn of his flock. He brought the fat portions. And back in that day, they weren't as health conscious as we are. They ate all the fat portions because it tastes good. Amen? Uh, they had animal fries, not just the plain ones, right? They put everything on it, okay? Extra spread, right? Okay, so it was, oh, come on, somebody. So it was good, right? Abel gave God his very best. Cain just brought some fruit. You see the difference there. Cain brought what he, could, what he thought was good enough, and Abel made sure that it was good enough. He brought his very best, right? And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain became very angry and his countenance fell. And the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry and why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will, you, will not your countenance be lifted up? Basically, he's saying, like, if you, if you do right, if you do good things, won't you have a good time? Won't life be all right? And if you do not do well... Sin is crouching at the door, and it's desire for you, but you must master it. So then Cain told Abel, his brother, and it came about when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. So, Cain, so, so God says to Cain, why are you mad? If you do good, 
life will be good. And he says, yeah, for sure. Boom, right? And he kills his brother because he's mad because, because Abel found favor with God. So listen, here's the thing that's crazy about this. We have Adam and Eve who are the first humans, but Cain and Abel are really the first fully relatable humans to us. They were born. They had parents. They grew up. And so it's with those first ones we have our first murder. Our track record is flawless. And actually with the firstborn. So this is, this is illustrating what happens if we're left to our own devices. We, 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 we find ourselves perpetuating sin. And here's, the story goes on. Cain uh, is cursed from then on out, right? The Lord says, it's, it's, it's kind of haunting. The Lord said to Cain, where is Abel, your brother? And he said, I, I feel like he said like, like, a, like a teenager going through puberty said, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? Right? Cain says, I don't know. Am I in charge of that dude? I don't know where he's at. After he just killed him. And God said, what have you done? He said, the voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. Now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you cultivate the ground, it will no longer yield its strength to you. You will be a vagrant and a wanderer on the earth. And then Cain says back to the Lord, this is too much. This is too much. And he goes, I'll just, you know, if I leave, I'm going to die. Everyone's going to hate me now. And then God says, well, if someone kills you, then, then you'll be avenged sevenfold. Meaning God puts this sign on Cain that says if anybody tries to kill Cain, then, then he'll be avenged sevenfold. Meaning seven, seven for one. You can paint, paint the picture, right? So God makes it so that no one's going to kill Cain. Cain has to live in his mess. God says, you made your bed. You're going to sleep in it. But he protects him in it. So uh, it's 8 o'clock, and I'm going to roll through this, and it's going to be super good. We're going to get to the end where every time, you know what I've been doing in this book of Genesis, every time I point it to Jesus, and this might be my favorite one. So we're going to start. There's three main topics I see in this story that we're going to discuss. We're going to learn from Cain and Abel. Okay, sounds good? The first one is the topic of sacrifice. Everybody say sacrifice. Sacrifice. Here's the thing. I believe you will not be a functioning human in society until you understand sacrifice. I don't think you can be. I don't think you could be uh, a, a, a beneficial uh, person in society unless you understand how to sacrifice. Why? Because sacrifice simply means you understand that someone else is more important than you are. But here's the thing. We live in a world right now in a society that tells you you're the most important person in your life. And I don't think, oh, I almost got really controversial right there. I'm going to do it. I don't think it's a coincidence that society is going after uh, children and mothers at this point in time. Because in my own experience in life, I have realized that I didn't, real, I didn't become an adult until I became a dad. I, w I thought I was an adult before that. Until someone, undoubtedly, no question, is more important than me. Vince in my life is way more important than me. I would do anything for him. If someone said, Brett, it's either that you go homeless or Vince goes homeless, I'll go homeless. 
If it's Brett, either you die a torturous death or Vince dies, I'll take the death. In every aspect of my life, Vince is more important than me. I want Vince to go higher and farther and longer than I've ever, I've ever been. He's way more important. And that's when I realized now I'm mature enough. <laughs> I'm an adult. And I think, obviously, there's people who can't have kids and all those. And so there's ways for us to get there. But I, for me personally, I didn't realize what it meant to be a mature adult until I realized someone was for sure more important than I am. I am not the most important person in my own story. I'm not. And neither are you. And you're like, what? Brett, you're tearing us down. No, I'm lifting you up. Because when, when, when you're the most important person in your story, all you can do is focus on yourself. And that's why, our, that's why we're riddled with, with, with stress and anxiety and depression, all these things, is because all we can do is look at ourselves. And all we can do is figure out how the world's going to serve us. Instead of saying, how can I be a part of the bigger picture? How can I serve the bigger picture, right? And so this is why God, I believe, from the very beginning started with sacrifices. Right back in the day, you would, you would, you would bring offerings. You would sacrifice of yourself. You would, the, the point for Cain was to bring his very best fruit that he was supposed to feed his family off of and make money off of. And he was going to give that to God. Why? Because he was saying that God is more important than he is. And he, but he didn't do that. He just said, well, here's, here's uh, second best, third best. That's pretty good, pretty good. Here, right? Abel said, Lord, you get my very best. You get everything I got. Why? Because, God, you're the most important person I know. And pleasing you is more important than pleasing anybody else. Does that make sense? So that's sacrifice. That's why we sacrifice. Right, when you sacrifice for someone, when, when someone says, and it's simple. Sometimes it's simple. Sometimes it's someone saying, hey, I want to do this, and you really don't want to do it. Hey, let's go to Big Air. Oh, I want to go to the beach. <laughs> you know you're mature when you can say, okay, let's go to Big Air. You know how simple that is? It's not a complicated idea, but what it is is you're sacrificing your own desires for somebody else because they're more important in, 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 to you. More so than being more important than you, they're more important to you. Does that make sense? Number two, so that was sacrifice. Number two is suffering. So Cain messes up. Cain kills his brother. Like, it wasn't like he smacked his brother. It wasn't like he lied. It wasn't like he stole from his brother. It, like, escalated real quickly. The first sibling rivalry we ever saw, he killed him. (laughs) It's like, dang, I never killed my brother. I did pretty good. Abel didn't even do anything to him. (laughs) He just gave his very best to God. Cain killed him. And then Cain has to walk through suffering. The very ground he walks on is cursed against him because the blood of his brother spilled out on the ground. But here's the thing about suffering. And sometimes suffering just, just happens. Sometimes it's stuff we can't even, we can't even really understand. Like, like when, 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 my, uh, when my dad went through cancer, right? There's nothing he did. To cause that. Alright? There's nothing nothing we can do about that. We go through it faithfully, we pray, we we hope for the best. We know that God's a healing God. We walk through that. But sometimes, here's what I want to say to you guys. Most of the time, I would argue, when you're in a mess, it's probably your own fault. Sometimes it's not. So don't hear what I'm not saying. But a lot of times when we're in the mud, when we're in the dirt, and we're like, man, life sucks. We can start then making some choices to make life suck less. 
God says right here, he says, if you do well, will not your countenance be lifted up? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door, and it's a desire for you, but you must master it. He said, you must master the art of self-control, Cain. That's what God says to him. He says, control your anger. It's not a big deal. Get over it. It's your fault. <laughs> you brought a crappy offering. <laughs> Get over yourself. And he's like, but hey, God is saying right here, look, I'm going to give you another chance. Next time you bring an offering, bring your very best, and your countenance will be lifted up. Right? Notice that God didn't curse Cain until after he killed his brother. He didn't curse him because the offering was bad. He just said it wasn't good. So you, you have a chance to change things. If you're in a situation right now and you're like, man, that situation sucks, think about how you can make it better. What can I do? Think about this. God's saying, if you do well, <laughs> if you do right, won't it be better? The answer is yes. Like I said, sometimes we can't control what happens to us in life. But we can control how we react to everything. And most of the time we can control uh, what happens to us. Like when I was talking about me driving into a ditch with the ranger. If I slow down, I don't end up in the ditch. But I could end up in the ditch and blame everybody. Listen, here's the thing, man. You didn't tell me that was going to be there. <laughs> right? But at the end of the day, I got to own it. It's my fault. If I wouldn't have done it, we wouldn't have been in the ditch. <laughs> it's my fault. And that's okay. Next time I drive the Ranger, I promise you we're not ending up in a ditch. Why? Because I got a second chance. I'm going to do better. Amen? We need to be careful what choices we make. God's grace covers our souls, but sin still has a real world implications. I still had a cut in my head. God healed my heart. He's like, hey, man, you know, accidents happen. But my head still hurt. Sin still hurts, okay? And we see in this story, it goes on to say, so, so, so Cain uh, has a son, and, he, and, and it goes down the generations, 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 all the way to this guy named Lamech. Everybody say Lamech. That's how I'm going to pronounce it. If it's wrong, I don't care, okay? But we, our sin sometimes can go generations down. We make mistakes. Sometimes, maybe that's in your family. Maybe you, your great-great-great-grandpa was an alcoholic, and every single patriarch in your family since then has been an alcoholic. It's just, it just seems to be a pattern. Maybe we could break that. Maybe we could be the ones to stop that in its tracks, right? Every, every four generations, of the marriages have ended in divorce. Well, I'm just bound for it to happen. No, you're not, right? We can end it. But here's what happened. Happens in this. And the last thing, so we did uh, sacrifice, suffering, and now we're going to talk about the, the dynamic between vengeance and forgiveness. Everybody say vengeance and forgiveness. And then I'm going to be done. There's two opposite stories. It starts with Cain, right? Well, it starts with Adam and Eve. They just eat, they just eat fruit. That sucks, <laughs> right? It's bad. Disobedience, though. They wanted to be like God out of disobedience. The next one, it went from eating a fruit to killing your brother. It escalated quick, real quick. Killed his brother's curse, and it keeps going. The, and the vengeance, the, the anger, the violence moves violently through Cain's lineage. And it keeps going and going and going and going. All the way we find Lamech. Everybody say Lamech. Lamech kills two people. And he says, for I have killed a man for wounded me and a boy for striking me. A boy hit him and he said, I killed him too. 
here's the thing. This is crazy. So remember God said if Cain is, is, is hurt, he'll be avenged sevenfold. Lamech takes it upon himself to say this. He said, for I killed a man for wounding me and I killed a boy for striking me. If Cain is avenged sevenfold, then Lamech seventy-sevenfold. We went from first-degree murder with Cain, premeditated, killed his brother, to Lamech, who's like, come at me, I'll kill your whole family and everybody they know. Just a couple generations, we went to mass murder. We went from a fruit... To mass murder in just a few generations. It's ugly. The cycle is ugly. Here's the thing. Uh, we're going to go to Matthew 18, uh, 21 through 22 really quick. And then I'm going to be done. It's going to be, but this is going to be so sick. This might be my favorite one so far. Then Peter came and said to him, him being Jesus, he said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Jesus said to him, he said, I do not say to you up to seven times, but 77 times. So, <laughs> It's so cool. Every single story. The Old Testament is Jesus. Like I said before, there's, there's some folks right now that try to say the Old Testament isn't for us. We don't need to study it. The Old Testament is about Jesus. It points to Jesus. It's a story. The whole book is a story about Jesus. The first chapter was about how we could find rest in Jesus. The second chapter is about how we could be like Christ. And the third chapter is how we could break the curse of vengeance that started with seven times with Cain, 77 times with Lamech. And God says, uh, Jesus says that, no, not seven times forgiveness, 77 times. Everybody that heard that in front of Jesus right then would have known this story about Lamech. They're like, dang. Because here's the thing, Lamech said, if, if you come after me, vengeance 77 times. Moses kind of interrupted that. Because Moses said, if you remember, and we'll talk about this later, Moses said, an eye for an eye. If you kill me, I kill you, we're, on, we're done. And it, and it kind of stopped this whole line of vengeance. It's just like, hey, whatever happens to me, it's, it's just even back and forth, right? No more 77 times, just one time. One time, eye for an eye. Jesus comes back and says, and Peter probably thought he was being good. <laughs> How many times should I forgive him? Seven times? And Jesus says, oh, no. 77 times. This, the same amount of anger and violence and vengeance that Lamech had towards the world, I want that same amount of love and forgiveness towards the world. Because in the first story, Abel's blood cried out as Cain took vengeance. And in the second story, Jesus' blood is poured out to offer us forgiveness. Right? So here, here's, here's the whole point of this message, right? Is that 
you might see a pattern in your family. You might see something that's like, man, this is ugly in my family. This is something that I, I just don't like. My, my parents got divorced. Their parents got divorced. Both sides of my parents got divorced. It, it hurts. I don't, I, and, I, and I feel like I'm bound for this. Or my dad's an alcoholic. My mom's an alcoholic. I'm going to this. My mom's a compulsive liar. I find myself lying in school and cheating in school. Whatever it is, you're like, I'm just bound for it. But do you really want to end up like Lamech where it's like, oh, seven times? No, 77 times. It's just, what, it's just how life is, guys. You come at me, I'll kill you and your whole family. That's what my family's been doing this whole time. The next person in the line after Lamech was the first person to create weapons of war. It just keeps going. But here's what I want to say. Because of Jesus, here's the good news. There's always good news. The gospel is good news to absolutely everybody. And the good news of Jesus is you can change the 77 times vengeance in your family to 77 times forgiveness. You can change the 77 drinks your dad wants to drink on the weekend to 77 hugs because he loves you so much. You could, change, you, could, you, you could change the 77 lies that your parents tell to each other to 77 truths about Jesus that you tell them when you go home. Right, we can flip the script because Jesus died for it. And it's the story. Everybody in the room, when Jesus said 77 times, they're like, oh my gosh. And just like Abel's blood was poured out, and then, and then this, this whole line of vengeance, Jesus' blood is poured out, and now we have this whole line of forgiveness and love and mercy. And everybody in this room is here because somebody invited you, somebody loved you enough to say, would you come with me? Somebody cared enough for your soul to be here. So, here's where it stops now. Or maybe it starts now. Some good stuff in your family, all right? Can I pray for you? Would you bow your head, close your eyes? And the, the only call I have tonight is just, and I, everybody's eyes closed because I don't want anybody to feel embarrassed or anybody feel like they're calling anybody out, but Hey, if that's you, maybe it's a cycle in your family. Maybe it's a cycle in your friend group. Maybe it's something that you just feel like, man, I'm getting pulled in the wrong direction. If that's you, would, would you just raise your hand? Because I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Maybe it's anger in your family. Maybe it's, uh, I don't know what it is. I named a whole bunch of things. But if, if that's you, would you just raise your hand? You want to break this cycle within your family. And you want to be the first one to just, or maybe you just want to <laughs> walk in, in good direction as you uh, grow up and, and, and you lead your friend group, you lead friends. I see all the hands. Awesome. Let's pray. Jesus, God, you turn all things to good. We thank you for that. You, you turn our darkest hour into our greatest moment. You turn the ugliest things, the things that the devil meant for bad, you turn them to good for us, for those who love you. So, God, we love you. We worship you. We thank you so much for how you love us, how you care for us. We thank you so much for stories like Cain and Abel that seem so abstract and crazy, and but then we see ourselves a little bit in Cain. We see ourselves a little bit in Abel. But, God, just like we talked about last week, would you help us to be more like you? Instead of taking vengeance 77 times, would you help us to take up forgiveness 77 times? So we love you, we worship you, we give you praise. In Jesus' name, everybody said nice and loud. Amen. Amen.